Thank you, Lansford. Let us say a prayer together. Oh Lord our God, we pray for Deacon Ali today, who put a lot of preparation into today's service. We pray for her healing and pray that she may be fully restored and back with us. But now may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I love you, granddad. My uh, American grandchildren, I love to hear those words. And uh, in an Essex accent, uh, it doesn't matter which way they come. It's lovely to hear those words said to you, I love you. And Victor Hugo, the French poet and novelist and uh, playwright, once wrote, the greatest happiness in life is the conviction that we are loved, loved for ourselves, or rather loved in spite of ourselves. My, Francis, uh, my wife Frances aspires to write a book one day uh, about how we all need to know that we are loved and how we need perhaps in our families to say that to one another more often or even within the life of the church to express those words to one another. That children particularly need to know that they're loved and to hear those words from their fathers as well as uh, their mothers. So look out, the book's on its way at some time in the future. She's aspiring to write it. I want you to hold on to those words for a moment about the importance of hearing uh, that somebody loves us. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And the baptism event is recorded in uh, the three synoptic gospels, but it's also alluded to in John's gospel. And after Jesus was baptized, here in Luke's gospel we read, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was praying, and heaven opened. And then in verse 22, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. You are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Now, I'd love to be able to preach on the whole passage, but as I haven't had a chance to whittle it down, you're going to get that little section of the, the passage. God's coming as the Spirit and the voice from heaven would have been seen not and seen and heard not just by Jesus, but by John the Baptist too. And Jesus takes over the baton from John. And he rises up out of the water. And it was a, a radical public ministry that was about to be born for Jesus. Everything was about to change for him and for the world too. Remember, just after this, he was going to be plunged into the wilderness to be tempted and then to come back and begin his ministry. It all begins at this moment, really. And let's consider the words that God spoke to Jesus in those moments. First of all, this is my son. God was making it very clear who Jesus was and is. This is my son. 
not Joseph's son, but God's only begotten son. And this statement was witnessed by John and all who could hear at that time. And how important for Jesus to hear those words himself. Yes, of course, he knew that to be true. But to be able to recall those words when he needed them later on was so important. And then he was led out into the witness, a wilderness. And what happens? As soon as he's actually told that he's God's son, the tempter says, if you are the son of God. And he would have had to hold on. Yes, God has affirmed that I am the son of God. How often we doubt that we're loved by God or by other people. And yet here, this is my son. And just as Jesus knows that, God knows that truth about Jesus, uh, he also knows that it's true for us, for we are his children too. John, 1 John 3 verse 1, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And this is what we are. Do you know, I pray in this service that in some way, through the hymns or the prayers, you will hear today that voice from heaven saying, I love you. You are my children. But the tempter will always come and ask us, challenge us to doubt that. Is that really true? And like our Lord, we need to turn to God's Word and read it and seek the truth and discover who it is that we really are in Christ, sons and daughters of the living God who are precious in His sight, and no one should be able to take that away from us. This is my son, whom I love already hinted at this, but God tells his only son that he is loved. Of course, Jesus knew that. We know that. We know that about ourselves. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But how important it is to actually hear them at the right time. And again, how he must have held on to that voice that he heard and how it must have sustained him through the things that he was going to experience ahead of him. I think there's a lesson to be learned here about how crucial it is to actually express words, not just to, to write them and read them. Perhaps we find it easier to do that at times, but to actually say them to people and in the right way as well so that people know that they are affirmed, that they belong. And especially at this time, when we've been going through such a difficult time, a challenging time with this worldwide pandemic. Wasn't it awful yesterday? The UK has passed that terrible landmark, surpassing 150,000 COVID deaths. Just think of that as a mass of people. I tend to measure numbers by the numbers at Craven Cottage in the stadium and multiply it out, and then it really hits home. Just think of the toll that that's had on so many families, upon us all. We've all heard stories time and time again about how people 
uh, had to tell their loved ones that they loved them whilst they were dying. And then those tragic cases where people couldn't even get to their loved ones to tell them that they loved them. How heartbreaking that is. And perhaps it's a challenge to us all not to leave it to the last moment. And there may be somebody in your family at this time, or even in this church, that you've never actually expressed uh, that you love them. I'm talking about in a holy and righteous way. Perhaps today is the day to express those words. And what's more, despite our wayward behavior at times, and regardless about how others feel about us, we need to hear that despite our behavior and despite all those things that we doubt about ourselves, God still loves us. Remember that reading from Isaiah 43? They were originally words spoken not to individuals, but exiles in Babylon. Uh, and uh, that, that passage is laden with later interpretation. But the lectionary chooses to put that passage together with uh, our reading today. And the passing through the waters has been seen as reflecting baptism. But actually, the original passing through waters, of course, would have been the parting of the Red Sea. And God saved and protected his people, and he led them to freedom and to promise as well. And baptism has been understood in the same way. And Isaiah 43 and verses 1 to 2 are often heard uh, in individual terms. I'm, I'm sure many of you have got that text pinned up somewhere. And we feel it and we hear it. But actually God was speaking to the people. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. In the original context, that was addressed to the people of God in exile, that God was going to lead safely back to Israel. Nevertheless, there's that um, message that we are all, because we're all part of God's people, we are all precious in his sight. I'm sure parents can identify with this. Our children, uh, we might not like them all the time when they do things which uh, are difficult, but we love them. They are precious in our sight. Despite the pain sometimes we experience, times they wander away from us, we love them, and we will always love them. I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again because I like telling it. When my son was five years old, I remember he'd been misbehaving and he'd been sent to his room for time out. And uh, after the time of the time out expired and he came down the stairs, uh, he descended with really heavy feet and a really stern look on his face, five years old, and staring straight at me, said, I'm really cross with you, Dad but I still love you. <laughs> I'm really cross with you, but I still love you. I go back to that story because I think at times that's how we may feel about each other, but also how God feels about us. His words at that time took me by surprise. I didn't expect him to express love at that particular moment, but I felt it was a triumph 
because he'd pinched my line. <laughs> he'd actually learnt something. Our loving God longs to be in a relationship with us. He's desperate for us to have an intimate relationship with him and something that he's made possible through his son, Jesus Christ. Many of you will know that I find uh, great strength in the words of Brennan Manning, and he quoted on one occasion Dan Berrigan. Let me read these words for you. The furious longing of God is not to be reduced to a thing, a grand and ideal. It's not to be reduced to a plaything, a caged songbird for the amusement of children. It cannot be tamed, boxed, captivated, housebroken or temple broken. It's simply the starting, it's, it's simply and startingly Jesus, the effulgence of the Father's love. It's simply Jesus, the effulgence of the Father's love. Our Heavenly Father desperately seeks to be in a relationship with us. He's given us Jesus. Jesus said he loved us by giving himself on the cross. He's taken the initiative to enable that relationship to be possible, and he wants us to come to him. So will you hear the words today and turn to God's loving embrace and maybe say to someone else as well, I love you. Or if you can't quite say it without qualification, I'm really cross with you, but I still love you. Then our text continues with the third point. With you, I am well pleased. Jesus was walking the path that his father had intended for him. If he ever doubted it, here was the confirmation that he needed. Jesus identified himself with humanity through his baptism. He'd chosen to walk humbly before his father, which we believe he knew would inevitably lead to the cross. And as he steps into that water of baptism, he is in solidarity with each one of us. He accepts the reality of a sinful world, sin that would lead to his death, but also to his resurrection. And Jesus was born to be our saviour, and God was pleased with his obedience. Why? Because he was fulfilling righteousness. His baptism was a decisive moment. His mission was beginning to heal a broken humanity and reconcile a world that's alienated from its maker. So often we seek affirmation from other people. We let our selfish, selfishness and pride need to be needed govern our behavior, when ultimately it's the audience of one that actually matters, our Father in heaven. We might be under pressure from all uh, sorts of people to do all sorts of things, but at the end of the day, it's only God that matters. And that's why our baptism is so significant. Uh, we acknowledge our sin that separates us from God. We accept God's grace. We're immersed in the water and we emerge as a new life given to God. And I pray that today we may 
give ourselves anew to God. The theologian Jane Williams puts it this way, Jesus shares our reality so that we can share his. It may be hard and painful to let go of the approximation of reality that we thought was the world. But as we step down into the waters, we hear the voice of truth calling us beloved and pleasing. We're called to die and to rise with Christ. So I hope this morning we will hear those words and hear those words from the Old Testament too. Since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you, I will give the nations in exchange for you and peoples in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid for I am with you. As individuals, as God's people, let us be reminded who we are in Christ this morning. Let us find security in the relationship that we have with the living God. Let us surrender our lives in obedience, finding that security in the love of God which is surrounding us on every side. And may that give us joy as well as peace. Amen.